Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello, fellow guard dogs, it's Steve here, ready to do another episode of the Guardians of Grace podcast. As you can tell by my voice, Bill's not here. but I'm right here. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I can do it, Bill. You don't need, need to. I'd like to speak if I could. I, well, I, I could do it all. I know you've been doing it all, but I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's hear that introduction, Bill. All right. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm sitting across the table from Grace Guard Dog Steve. Yeah, buddy. It's good to have Bill back, man. Thank you guys for praying for Bill. Got him back in the studio. I missed him. I missed him. Man, you had the whole dog pound out there praying for me, and I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's going better. Still, Dad's home. Still not out of the woods yet, though, huh? No, he's not. But he's, um, as you know, he. Growing up, my dad was always Superman to me, and it's just like he got his kryptonite. But he's bouncing back, and my mom, one of the sweetest, kindest ladies that not just me, everyone says that about them. They're just. I say that. They're just quality people, and uh, I just, I was blessed to grow up in a, a loving home, functional home. I had a dad that was uh, one of those, he was a legend. He, well, he's still here, but he had, uh, I still run into people that had him in school, and they're like, we never know if your dad was serious or joking. <laughs> in fact, uh, I was showing my daughter one of the yearbooks she was looking at when he was teaching in the, they had all the athletic teams. He was a football coach and track coach. And, uh, but one year the yearbook, it had the rocket team. And he was like, yeah, we went out there to launch our rockets and they were taking, uh, the photographers were there and they were taking pictures of the teams. And he said, they asked me who we were. And I told, told them we were the rocket team just joking <laughs> and the guy put their picture in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's uh, funny yeah he's that's just how those news reporters are they'll take the, the least little thing that you say that's not perfect and blow it up oh he had some uh, characters he was one year he coached cross country and his friend liked to joke too, so they. This girl set a county record for cross country runs. She was really good. His friend went in and told the principal, "You know, he cheated. He had a tarp in his truck, and he put her under the tarp." And, <laughs> 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 and she believed him. <laughs> and she called him in there and fired him. <laughs> and his friend was just outside. Laughing and laughing. <laughs> wow, he, he let it go far on that one. Yeah. Wow. wow. But that's 
He was never a dull moment. No. So, but I'm glad to see he's back. I really miss being in here. Did you get to? I did get to listen to the Ephesians podcast, and wow, just amazing. Oh, we got our, our friend Bob. He started, I'm going to give a shout out to him. He started doing the um, Ephesians prayer memories, memorization. And I think he's gotten through two of them out of Ephesians. So that sparked his interest. Amen. That's so cool. I mean, it was magical for me what it did for me. Do you know what he's experiencing now? I I bet. You do know. Yeah, you do know. Yeah. It's the same thing we experience. The Bible just like opens up. Yeah. Oh, man. So he got Denise. he, He did get Denise. In case you don't know that term, you can tell that. Yeah, yeah. Denise was a girl that was just so into the Bible, a walking angel on this planet. She was so into the scriptures. There there was one time I was showing her a, a scripture that went with a scripture that we had talked about several weeks before. And when she saw the con- connection, it was like she was having a heart attack or something. She, she just froze like a statue. And the revelation hit her so hard. It was so big that we call it denising people when they get the rev that, that much. Because it's one of the things that we've always had all 30 years is that spirit of wisdom and revelation that, that's actually tangible when we're doing Bible studies, it's real. It's real. Oh, yeah. We, we actually were worried about her for a few minutes. She yeah. was like, yeah. we're like, is she all right? Right. Like she was, she had to sit down, I think. And just, yeah. she was overwhelmed. It, it just like opened up to her. And, but we've had that happen over and over. And it sounds like Bob is going down that path. He is. I think the first one he did was the Ephesians 3 that God would give so that you would know the, how high and how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more of all that we could ask or even think to him be the glory in Christ Jesus in the church for all generations. Very potent prayer to memorize. That's the word for it. It's potent. It's potent, and it's it's almost funny that it says that you would know how high and wide and long and deep. If you have a King James, I think the height and depth and width and length. Four measurements, right? And then it says... Immeasurable. <laughs> now, to whom is able to do immeasurably more... You know, just think, imagine how how yes. high God's love is, how immeasurably wide it is. Immeasurably more than you can imagine. More than you can ask how or long? think or imagine. Immeasurably more than you can imagine. That'll get you through about any trial. Because at the end of the day, you can say, you know that Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. That God loves you. Mm-hmm. You know what he did for you. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, he gave us his spirit, so we could know how high and wide and long and deep. Because without the Spirit, you don't know. You don't know. As I'm going through the men's group, we're doing the book of Galatians. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah, kind of one of my favorite books. 
you think? <laughs> so let's see. We we just kind of finished two, and we're going into three. I, I wouldn't mind reviewing part of two if you don't have a plan for the podcast. I never do, so yeah, do it. It starts out with kind of a fight between Paul and Peter and some people from James mm-hmm. Church. And this fight shouldn't really be, but I'm, I'm talking about right before 13, 14, where it says that Paul got into the face of Peter and James. You want to read verse 14? Sure. We'll see how my eyes and brain are doing. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. He was wrong, off track. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the party of circumcision. And the rest of the Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, in the presence of all of them, if you being a Jew live like Gentiles and do not like the Jews, how is it that you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? Okay, so so what is Peter condemned for? Obviously, riding the streets and living a reckless lifestyle. Exactly, exactly. He's been uh, partying, and they didn't like it. No. No, you know what he did? Sorry. He went... Back to observing the law. The law. We went back to legalism. He was saying no to bacon. Yeah. He was not hanging out with the Gentiles and calling them unclean. Now, why should he have not, why should he have known better to call something unclean? Didn't he have a vision? (laughs) Didn't he have a vision where the sheep came down and he said, call nothing unclean? That I've called clean. Right. That's an act. Yeah, he had that vision, and he told him three times, no, kill and eat, kill and eat, kill and eat. Never call anything unclean that I've called clean. Clean. Who is God calling clean? The whole world, because he died and paid for all their sins. And things invisible and things visible, they're all clean. They're reconciled to God. They're all reconciled to God. So Paul gets in his face for being a hypocrite because he knows that there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. Yes, let's say that very, very loud. Paul did not get in his face because he was smoking pot or something. Paul got in his face because he was bringing people back to the law, the legalism, the human performance treadmill. He was rebuilding all of that. And we're going to see that in verse, uh, you left off on 14. Mm-hmm. Let me read 15. This is what 
Peter, the Jew, should have known. Did know. Did know. But he was being a, he was playing the hypocrite. Yes. Verse 15. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ. Let us now I have a net Bible. Mm-hmm. And it actually says, we who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faithfulness of Christ. Exactly. Big difference. Yeah. What is the faithfulness of Christ? It was his ability to live up to the old covenant. And he lived his life perfectly under the old covenant and when he died guess who died with him we did we did doesn't the next verse couple verses actually get into that it does it does we who are jews by birth and not gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by the works of the law yes because what was the whole purpose of giving the law to show that you could never ever, ever be justified or another way to say it is declared righteous by the works of the law. Right. You couldn't clean yourself. And the difference between the Abrahamic covenant and the Mosaic covenant is they were both covenants. If you kept the covenant, that's where you get that word righteous. Righteous is a covenant word. It's a Righteousness is a covenant word, and it means that simply you do your part of the covenant. You keep it completely. That's what righteousness means. You are doing your part of the covenant. You are righteous. And the old covenant was if you obey all the laws, starting with the Ten Commandments and all the other ones that added up to six hundred and. 13 or 14, Mm -hmm. if and only if you kept that, you would be declared righteous. So what does Paul say? We know that no one apparently has kept all 613 commandments consistently. Do you see that? It's literally saying no one did it. No one did it because it says we know that a man is justified not by works of the law, but by the faithfulness of Christ. He's saying Nobody ever did the works of the law and got themselves justified. Says the same thing in James 2.10, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Galatians 3.10, mm-hmm. too. If anyone would attempt to keep the law and yet stumble at, you know, more than 25 times, he's guilty. More, more than once. That's what it says. That's, that's the standard. One time. One. If anyone would attempt to keep the law and stumble at one point, he's guilty of breaking that one point. Breaking all the law, all 614 commands. You're guilty of breaking them all if you break one of them. Do you get that? Pretty high standard. You're you're in or you're out. Mm -hmm. You keep it all Mm -hmm. or you're out. If you fail one time, you are out. There's no second chances. 
zero second chances. Mm-hmm. So he he says, Peter, you should know this, that no one is declared righteous by the works of the law. And it says the same thing at James 2.10, that mm-hmm. if anyone would attempt to keep the law and stumble. At one point, he's guilty of breaking, breaking it all. And James is standing in front of him mm-hmm. being a hypocrite. Right. But James got it right. Afterwards. Afterwards. Yes. So Paul gets in their face. This was not nicety, nice church talk. This was like, we got some issues with you two guys. You're convincing the the Gentiles that they got to be Jewish and keep the Old Testament law and accept Christ as their Savior. Yes. Um, Most likely they were polite to each other, but just it was a serious subject, though. Yeah, it could not be ignored. Yeah. And Peter had the division. Mm-hmm. And then I think in Acts 15, that wasn't that the Jerusalem Council on Law and Grace? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which to me is funny because God God leaves it raw in there. He, he records the meeting. As is. As is. And they they agree. They say, we cannot put the burden of the law on the Gentiles. We know we didn't keep it, so we're not going to put that burden on the Gentiles. Only they should avoid strangled. <laughs> strangled meat. How yeah. do you strangle a cow anyway? <laughs> that wasn't part of the new covenant. <laughs> no. You're declared righteous. No. And um, don't strangle that got into the Bible. I know. I know. And, and so that's, um, and we do that too. We're mm-hmm. like, Make you're, up de- a law. you're declared righteous by faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you live by the spirit. Stop going to bars. Yeah. Nothing will drive you to the bars quicker than trying to put yourself under the law and keep it. Than to try not going to the bars. So it gets you there faster than... What's he say in verse, can we read 16 and 17 together? Okay, one, two. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> 16 followed by 17. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you read it. Okay, I wish I could see this Bible. Oh, you, you want me to do it? I'll try it. Okay. I used to have this book memorized. Yeah, oh, yeah, you've got all this memorized in okay, four let me try or five it. different... Translations. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faithfulness of Christ. So we too have put faith in Christ so that we might be justified by the faithfulness of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no one, no one, no one will be justified. Okay. So we've already said that righteousness or justice, justification, righteousness, they mean the same thing, is a covenant term. And no one will keep the covenant by the works of the law. That covenant was made to be broken to show that you could not keep it, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And as a Jew, you should know that. You should. The first thing you should know is, I'm not doing well under this covenant. I'm sure just like today, there was probably rededications 
there was sacrifices for sure. And if they did the sacrifices, if they would keep the sacrifices, they were right back in the covenant and they got to start over again. No, they they were already condemned whether they did the sacrifices or not. But for their sake, they felt like they got a reprieve. They could try it again. Purpose of the new covenant was never to keep it. it Strange as that sounds. It was to prove to you that you can't keep it. And what does proving that you can't keep it do? It makes you dependent on what does work. On what does work, you can finally get to the solution, which is what Guardians of Grace is all about. What does work, we want everybody to know how to live the Christian life. I think I'm going to read verse 17. But if, while seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves to be among the sinners. Does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. I'm going to wait on verse 18. So what's he saying there? He says, if while seeking to be declared righteous by keeping the law, we discover that we can't keep the law. Does that mean Christ promotes sin? Does that mean Christ promotes sin? Right. Absolutely It'll not. But let's get what over to the promotes question. sin is the next yeah. verse. But if while being righteous we look for a way to become righteous and we sin, does that mean Christ is a sinner? No, because we just started to be trying to become righteous all over again. By the works of the law. Isn't that what it says? Yes. If the next verse, if I rebuild what I once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Well, what is he rebuilding? Going going back to sinning and going to the bars and it's the way it's usually looked at cigarettes. I, I, I always thought that. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I rebuild that old way of life that if I be- become a Yahoo again. What happened to Steve? Oh, he's backslidden. Yeah, yeah, they were use words like that. But I saw him at the bar smoking cigarettes. This is not saying this. This is what it says like three or four times in this book. If I rebuild what I once destroyed. I prove myself to be a sinner. What was the reason for the Mosaic law? To prove to you that you were a sinner. If you rebuild that Ten Commandment mentality and start trying to please God in your own human determination, your own will and your own strength, you prove yourself to be a sinner because you fail immediately. You've broken the covenant. You're unrighteous. Remember, unrighteous, righteous means you've kept the covenant, all 613 laws, perfectly. That's what it takes to be declared righteous. So what do you prove when you rebuild that system of keeping the law again? That you're not righteous, that you never made it. You never made it. So verse 17, if... But 
if while seeking to be justified in Christ, why would you seek to be justified in Christ? You are justified in Christ. You already are. You don't need to seek to be justified because you are justified. By the one man's work, the many will be justified. Because one man obeyed God to the fullest. Yes. We're not righteous because we obey God's commandments. We're right because one man obeyed God. One man kept the covenant. By keeping the covenant, he was declared righteous. You get credited for keeping the old covenant. You get credited for righteous. It's a gift. Bill, isn't that exactly what it says in Romans 5? Doesn't it say that for if by the transgression of the one Adam, death reigned through the one man Adam, how much more for those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. See, we were gifted we righteousness. Declared righteous. It was a gift. In other words, we kept the covenant. Yes. And we got credit yes. for keeping all of the covenant. In Romans backs up Paul and what he's saying to Peter. He's saying two things. You know that you were never going to be keep the law. You know you failed. You know you're unrighteous according to the law. But you also know because I lived the perfect life and you got credit for it, you are credited with my righteousness. Yes, as because I gave it to you. I gave it to you. It's a gift. So look at this verse 17. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. The question is, Jesus said, don't think I came to destroy the law and the prophets. And I always stop there for some reason. I say, no, Jesus said he did not come to destroy the law. It's still in effect. Yeah, there's grace, but you still have to keep the law. Or you have to keep part of the law. Or you have to keep the Ten Commandments. But here's a here's an interesting verse in Romans 7. Paul addresses that question and he says, Do you not know? A term he likes to say in Romans, don't you know? That the law has authority over a person only as long as they're alive. So why is it important that you see that when Jesus died, you died with him? That when one died for all, the conclusion is all died. And paid their sin debt. The wages of sin is death. The debt was paid. If they died, does the law have any more authority over them? No. None. No. Zero. Unless you go back to the way to what you once if you go back and rebuild what you once destroyed you just made the law have authority over you again so here is the purpose of the law in verse 217 
For through the law, I died. Meaning the law was the agency that put me to death. And the I soul died. that sinneth shall surely die. The wages of sin is death. Death without mercy to anyone who sets aside the law of Moses on the count of two or more witnesses. Death without mercy. I think we um, might have set aside a, f- a few of the laws of Moses, which requires your death. So the law demanded our death because we couldn't keep it to be righteous. So Jesus, having died to the law, he lived it perfectly. We crucified him, even though he was righteous. And that was God allowing him to be crucified by sinful man in order that he would fulfill the covenant. And he did. And he didn't stumble at any point. So through the law, I died to the law, meaning the law has authority over me only as long as I have a lie. For through the law, I died to the law so that the conclusion is I might finally be able to live to God. To God. Apart from the law. In newness of life. A a life completely detached of the law. It is not needed to live the victorious Christian life. So through the law, I died to the law that I might live for God. And he says, I've been crucified with Christ. If one died for all, 2 Corinthians 5.14, we just went over that, how many died? All died. All died because all were included in Christ. And paid their sin debt. Then Jesus took it a step further and gave us the gift of righteousness. So when Jesus said, do not think I came to destroy the law, but to fulfill it, what does that mean? He did fulfill it. He lived it perfectly. And then we put him to death. And when we put him to death, we were included with him. And doesn't the next verse. And the sin debt got paid. Exactly. Look at, for through the law, I died to the law that I might live for God. Yeah, and here's the thing. People say that I might live to God. You see, that means you, you've got to be living for him. You've got to dedicate yourself and drop the old things that you're doing and live an exemplary, exemplary Christian life for God. But That's no different than the law. But it doesn't say all that. It Nowhere. stops. It stops. It stops as in... It stops as in we died so that we might live for God. So that. For God what? To use. In in the context of the sentence, it's for God to use. I think it's that Greek word henna, I think it's pronounced, for the purpose of. For the purpose of. It's a conditional clause. Yeah. We died to the law that we might live for God. And might doesn't mean in the Greek Maybe, Maybe you will. Well, mm-hmm. no, it's he set it up this way that now you can live your life. We by died to the law for the purpose of living, living to, to God, God, living for God and for God to use. doesn't go on with that living for God with all your strength and with all your heart and all your mind. You're not doing that. The which, law 2.0. 
Yeah, which had me under its control for a long time. I thought, well, I'm living for God. I'm living righteous for him. But it, it's not. It's for him to use because that's what he did. He made us the vessels. He died and was buried and sacrificed so that we would have paid the sin debt and be a clean vessel for him to what? To use. To use. We live for God. To use. So when Jesus died, that was the end of the law. the law. When he said, do not think I came to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled it. Mm-hmm. And when he died, it was over. The new covenant began right then, after his death, after his resurrection, and impl- implemented on Pentecost in full. So that was 219. What does 220 say? I've been crucified with Christ. So what does that mean? You died. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I no longer live is another way of saying I died, I, I would say. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And when we're saying all this, I died and I've been crucified with Christ. We don't see it. These are That's exactly what I was going to say. These are the things that we take by faith. This is God's point of view. In God's point of view, I died. And he told me his point of view so that I could believe it by faith. I could take it by faith. I believe in what God says, and God said I died. So I believe what he says, even though I see myself standing in front of a mirror. By faith, I believe what God said, that we died in his eyes a long time ago. In our eyes, we are not dead. In his eyes. It's just the same as in Romans 6 1. I, I think it starts out that with the same idea. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Because we, you know, grace clearly abounds. It's actually hyper abounds. It's actually hyper grace. Hyper grace. Sorry if that verse bubbles, but that's the word. That's the word that they say beware of. Where sin abounds, grace does more abound. Does hyper abound. That's hyper abound. Shall we continue in sin that that grace grace may hyper hyper abound? abound. Absolutely not. Then he says, or do you not know? That all of us, same thing again, all of us that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his what? Death. Death. We were buried with him in his death in order that Christ was raised from the dead. We too might live. There's that word might, henna, for the purpose of living a new life. In newness of life. Living in newness of life. Living in this new and living way. This new way of living in the life of Jesus. And so the the law is done with us. And yes, the law is still around to show people that they need Christ. To show people that they're a sinner. Mm-hmm. It says that through, through the laws and knowledge of sin. Yes. That's the only knowledge it brings you. (laughs) The law just constantly shows you you can't keep this. Exactly. You can't touch this stuff. So he says, 220, I've been crucified with Christ. 
I died to the law through Christ that I might now live for God, not under the burden of the of the law. The law plays no role in my Christian sanctification. None. None. Zero. Zero. So I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live in my human effort of trying to perform under the law, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live, there's debate on whether it's by faith in Christ or by the faithfulness of Christ. I think both. But I think strongly, I, I think you put your faith in Christ, but you're, what you're actually living by is his faithfulness. It's exactly. fruit of the Spirit. I live by the faithfulness of Christ. I can't live by my faithfulness because it's a disaster. I'm not very faithful. I've, I'm as faithful as Abraham was. <laughs> well, wasn't that a... Um, Faithfulness was required in the law, according to Matthew 23, 23, when he was railing on the Pharisees. And he says, you guys, you what you tithe on your spice and your cumin, Mm -hmm. but you ignore the weightier matters of the law. And one of the, the chief weightier matter of the law was faith. Your faithfulness was a weightier matter of the law. I mean, these were spice tithers, Steve. Yeah. Ooh. Don't overdo it, guys. Don't overdo it. They were taking 10% of their cumin and their... Yeah. And uh, dedicating them. But they ignored the weightier matters of the law. And faith was the weightier matters of the law. So going back to Galatians 3... 16, we know that we are not going to be declared righteous by the works of the law. We're not going to be justified by the works of the law. If faith was a weightier matter of the law, then my faith in Christ is not going to justify me. He already justified me by identification, which is what it says in 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, it's one thing to be declared righteous by God. It's completely another thing for you to know that you were declared righteous by God. Me not knowing that I've been declared by his righteousness, his ability to keep the covenant, does not mean I'm not righteous it means I have no benefit and I don't, I'm going to live a defeated life because I still think that I need to qualify as a righteous person by keeping something. There has to be something I have to do. I, so, so what are you saying, Steve? I just, I just depend on the Spirit? Is that what you're saying? I just depend on the Spirit? Give it a try. You've said, <laughs> you've screamed that before. Yeah, yeah. So I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 21 is an interesting verse, especially if you have a King James version. King James says, I do not frustrate 
the grace of God. For if righteousness could be obtained by the law, then Christ died in vain. Or some say needlessly. He didn't need to die. If we could do it, if we could be declared righteous by keeping the law, he didn't need to die. He didn't need to die, but we couldn't. And what was the whole purpose of showing us that we couldn't? Because you'll never depend on the Spirit if you think that somehow, some way, you can live up to a, a standard by sheer determination and sheer willpower and sheer making right choices and sheer being committed, sheer going to promise keeper meetings and swearing and double down on the swearing and and five accountability partners doesn't Swear work. Swear allegiance. Swearing allegiance, rededication, chewing the varnish off the altar at church, repenting over and over. This time I'm going to try putting more effort for getting an accountability partner, which you're, you were my accountability partner in 1987 mm-hmm. and 88. I chased you up and down each side of the city, didn't I? <laughs> Well, I'm going to admit it now. I lied to you yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> I, I think you figured that yeah, yeah. out. That one uh, time you just going to church. drove by my house. Yeah. And you said, what are, are you, you doing? And I said, oh, yeah, I, I went over there and um, I'm doing that. And you said, I'm looking at your car. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll, I'll just I'll just admit it. I really did try hard to keep the law, or at least some kind of accountability. I mean, I I really really did, and I would rededicate. I would commit. I felt worse. I actually did. Believe it or not, I did things worse as a believer under the law than I ever did before. I didn't really care about the things of God. I didn't know much about it. I did some things that I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? Yeah, I'm going to hell. Yeah. I'll try and get another chance. Yeah. I'll try and get, um, I'll rededicate. To talk about trying, I think that we should try and do another podcast on this. Yeah, I'll rebuild what I destroyed. Yes, yes. And and that's that's what I just want to, in closing, I just want to make this challenge to the people who would say, oh, yeah, what are we supposed to do? Just do nothing and wait on God? Well, we'll try, don't worry about all that, but just try not to rebuild what should be torn down. Just try not to rebuild that Ten Commandment mentality and see where that gets you. Make every effort to enter God's rest. That's what grace is. Yes. You're resting in a finished work. And that's a consistent old covenant. Those that wait on the Lord, that's the Kabbalah word, right? Mm -hmm. Bind together with with his strength. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Binding together is what the living by the Spirit is. Exactly. The two become one flesh. 
Waiting on the Lord is not trying in human effort. Waiting on the Lord is not rebuilding what you once destroyed. Wait, rebuilding once you what you once destroyed is not is the opposite of waiting on the Lord. It's the opposite of abiding. It's your own human effort, noble cause, but it's not going to work. And that's that's the whole point of. We're out of time for tonight, but do you want to close us in the prayer real quick? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you get the final word because you. Yeah. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you that we could do a podcast. That, as always, it proves that we need to do a part two because there's every subject is just bigger than you can imagine. And every couple of verses can take months to really get and take root in what those couple verses are telling you. Every verse is so loaded with power that it takes a while to chew on them. And Father God, you just allow us to absorb what we did tonight and we'll come back next week trying to do another podcast on the same topic. So with that, I say we love you guys. Love you guys and uh, thank you and probably going to hang out here now. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. But thank you guys and glad to be back.